and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. A very special Super Bowl week family hour. Steven, are you ready for the Super Bowl, the big game? I am. I'm ready. I'm really ready now. I watched all the film. I made my prediction. And now it's just time to see how smart I am or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you like you got you've got big shoes filled because you kind of hit the nail on the head last year. Yeah, see, you can only go down from there. I almost started <laughs> to be like, I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm not even gonna make a prediction this year, so I can be wrong. And everybody, look, you're not this smart. I'm just gonna hang my hat on last year, but nope. I'm going ahead and 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 and, and, and uh, make you know, I'm, I'm making another prediction, and and. Joel is actually picking the other team. And Joel, people might not realize this, Joel Thorman and I, uh, who runs the the, uh, the Chiefs blog, yeah, and, and all of our blogs, really, um, we were tied in the regular season for picking <clears throat> the games. And now we're tied. We aren't in the league, but we're tied for picking in the playoffs, too. So this... Kind of is for all this, the whole enchilada, the whole shebang. <laughs> you know, it's a lot riding on this. I feel good. I actually feel good, man. I feel good. I, I, I feel like I watched enough film to really get a good handle on what's going to happen. And so I feel good. Well, I tell you. I, I'll probably be crying on Sunday night, though. <laughs> I, I I may have to go back and change. I picked New England. Now, I I just, you know, and then because it's a straight pick, it's not. I didn't pick based on, you know. Because I like, I mean, I definitely like, I think the Falcons are a more interesting team. They're fun. I mean, you know, the whole story with Atlanta, the whole, you know, District 5 chance and everything like that. I mean, that's, you know, you want to, but I picked the Patriots and I'll tell you what, I may have to change my pick because it has made um, this week in management even more difficult because I've got to go to all of our, like we have a pretty good sized chunk of folks that live live in or have connections to Atlanta and our Falcons fans. And so like, I have to go back to them like, Hey, are you still going to write this about blah, blah, blah. And like, why'd you pick the Patriots? Like, oh, well, <laughs> Listen, man, look, it, this is, this Super Bowl is going to ruin some friendships. Like it, it's going to be some people. Listen, I told some people the other day online, this, this is like thanks, having Thanksgiving early. For real. Like, you know, when you think about like the stress of Thanksgiving and, Thanksgiving last year after the election, this is, you know, is is going to be a deal breaker type Super Bowl. Like if you if you going for the wrong team, not picking them, but actually rooting for the wrong team, like I said, it might be some friendships to get broken up. <laughs> just, just all of the the added context, the subtext of the Super Bowl. Yeah, people gonna lose some friends on Sunday night. <laughs> Friends and family, man. <laughs> look, uh, look, you know we always have those crazy headlines after Thanksgiving. Somebody got to arguing, and this guy got this guy stabbed his daddy because they was arguing over, you know, whatever. I'm telling you, we're gonna have those same kind of uh, articles and, and same kind of news stories on Monday. <laughs> and look, oh, about the halftime interview too. Yeah. That's that's about where it's gonna go left for everybody. Oh man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just gonna be, and it's and it's been like you know something because it's been a quiet week too. Man, it, it, it's like the lure before the storm. Mm-hmm. 
Try to avoid the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. So you ain't going to be able to avoid it on Sunday night. You are no, not going to be able to it, avoid it. It's like the movies. It's just, it's quiet. A little too quiet. A little too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, there was not, there weren't even really any shenanigans from media day this year. Not that they're, everyone was really practicing on point with what they're, what they were going to say to the media this year. There was no, nobody wanted any distraction with that. You could tell. And even, you know, Martellus Bennett was still very engaging, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't saying anything wild or, no. or, or guaranteeing a victory or anything like that. So I know. Uh, and really, these both of these teams are kind of, that's how they are. They, they don't really have a, a bunch of flamboyant stars yeah. on either team. So, you know, you kind of got, got to expect that. But, you know, it, it, look, it's only, what, it's Wednesday? We still mm-hmm. got time for mm-hmm. somebody to get caught you know, soliciting. That's right. A former, you know, <laughs> man of the year, NFL man of the year. That, that kind of stuff will happen sometimes. <laughs> Super Bowl, so, you know, stay tuned. That's right. Stay you know, it's tuned. Wednesday. Eugene Robinson was arrested on a Saturday. So, hey, you know, listen, <laughs> it, it, we got time. We got time. A <laughs> lot of week to go. A lot of week to go. <laughs> All right, so one okay. This isn't Super Bowl, so it, let's just get it out of the way because I think it's really sort of the only big NFL story. I mean, I guess maybe this Las Vegas Stadium thing, but I I don't have the bandwidth to talk about stadium stuff today. Um, the Forty ers have well, I guess they have a head coach. It's not really been official. Kyle Shanahan, Falcons offensive coordinator, and now they have a general manager who most people are going to remember as either the John Lynch um, Fox color guy or John Lynch the – the is he a Hall of Famer? No, he's up for it. Okay. Um, he's, he, you know, they haven't announced the final list yet. The safety. And if you go back, it's fun to go back and watch some of Lynch's hits. You can find him on YouTube and you're like, oh, that's illegal. That's illegal. That. <laughs> but, but now he's a general manager. Yeah, and you know you said it. <laughs> you, you said it about Kyle Shanahan not officially being the head coach. <laughs> I'd say it'd be mighty awkward if that doesn't happen now, <laughs> considering you know the story goes that John called Kyle and offered to be his GM. <laughs> so um, you, you know I played with John Lynch, fantastic teammate, smart guy, Stanford. Um, but uh, you know. It's funny thing, man. Uh, John Lynch's story could could really be one of those, you know, Wally Pip type stories. Um, mm-hmm. John wasn't really working out in Tampa when I got mm-hmm. there. I got there in '96. Um, I spent the preseason with the the Eagles who had drafted me, and then mm-hmm. I I got down there for for like week one. John wasn't starting, and that was Tony's Dungy's first year. And what he had done is he had brought in a guy from Minnesota that he was familiar coaching um, B. Scott. He was a safety, um, gave him a pretty good amount of money too. Um, and he was starting over John Lynch and, and, and you know, looked to, to have the job. Like it, it wasn't one of those things where you thought they were platooning or, you know, maybe, you know, Lynch might get the job later on in the year. Mm-hmm. No, nah, this was going to be his job. Uh, but then he gets hurt in, in week one. I think against the Packers or something like that. And that allows John to get in there and, and really show what he can do. And then it just kind of takes off from that. 
So, you know, I've been been around Lynch and seen him, you know, turn into this this great player, you know, from a guy who was going to probably be stuck on the bench that whole year and, and maybe even Hall of Famer now. You know, the Bucks giving up on him after the Super Bowl. He goes out and gets another one um, with the Broncos, I, yeah. I believe. Um, so, you know, he, he just, you know, storybook career. And then he's made a real good transition uh, to being an, an announcer. But at the same time, you know, you just wonder how it's going to work out. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a totally different thing. Like going from the booth to coaching, that in and of itself <clears throat> it isn't the easiest thing either. Yeah, and that's probably the most natural thing for most ex players to do. They understand the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, you know, gone through game plans and stuff like that. But when you're talking about the GM and what a GM does, I mean, it, it, I don't care if you're an announcer or whatever, man. You, you just you don't really get to see that side very much. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're talking about numbers and, and cap, and how you fit all these people, different guys in. And looking, you know, short term, looking long term, um, draft, you know, setting up a, uh, 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 you know, your, your scouts and and what you want to see from, like wh- how you want them to view yeah. players, because mm-hmm. th- that was one of the things that I, I noticed from, um, like the Bill Belichick, uh, um, his evolution, like how he went about things when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, they talk about how he taught the scouts what he was looking for in players. Yeah. Because scouts are all different. You know, every guy has their own kind of style of player that they like. But if you're a GM or a head coach that happens to have GM duties, you know, you need to be able to impart to those their scouting department or even your, your pro personnel department what kind of players you're looking for. Not just mm-hmm. names, but, but the kind of traits and stuff you're really – Covered, and those are the kind of things that I, I don't think John has ever had to do or ha- had yeah. to sit down and even think through. You know what I mean? You have to know pretty much, you know, top to bottom, all these guys in the league, not just in the league, not even not just the you know the fifty third guy on Detroit Detroit's roster from week to week, but also guys who you know are are, are, are don't have a team, but yeah. but you might need to bring them in in an emergency. Yeah. And so, you know, it's all it just seems like this is going to be a steep learning curve for Lynch when I'm not sure there's anything in his background that really, really prepared him for a job like GM. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, I also was teammates for you with Martin Mayhew. Mm-hmm. But Martin Mayhew went to law school. Right. Yeah. He, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm it's not about intelligence, but like he just. He was more familiar with stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not aware of, of John having gone through any kind of, you know, legal uh, instruction or any kind of, you know, financial instruction that would prepare him to be a GM. So yeah. I wish him well. You know, like I said, he was a very good teammate, great player. Um, but I, I just don't know how this is going to work. Like, <laughs> like yeah. unless they bring in... Now, they talked about bringing in Mark Dominic to help him, which I think would be very smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't agree with everything that, that Mark did here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I'll never forgive him for letting Michael Bennett walk for, <laughs> you know, peanuts. I bring that up every time I talk about Mark Dominic, but he's done it. You know, and Mark was a guy 
who worked his way up literally from like the mailroom to be a GM. He still was one of the youngest GMs ever, but I like I literally when I was playing there, I saw this guy and he was like the low man on the totem pole. Yeah. But he kept working and working and working and working his way all the way up. And so he could be a, a stabilizing force for John. But then at the same time, I'm sure if uh Mark Dominic is getting back into football, he doesn't want to be second second fiddle for very long. So you also have to kind of look over your shoulder like, yeah. hey, you know, you're getting a little too comfortable <laughs> over there, you know, Mark Dunley. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword there too. It is, and but that's a I, team I, that's got a lot of work to do. I mean, this isn't like a team that's like one player away. Right. This is like ground up kind of thing. Right, and, and a team that hasn't been good for a while now. You know, they, they've been pretty bad a few years in a row. Yeah. And so, you know, they what they needed – most people would have thought they needed like a a strong hand, somebody that's been there before to kind of guide them through this madness. Now you got a guy that's going to be learning on a job trying to get you out of this huge hole you dug yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you're a young team, but there's a lot of holes on that roster. You know, like you said, it's not just one or two players. Man, you might need to, you know, scrap the whole offense and start over. You never know. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at that offense, how many of those guys on that offense will start on other teams, other playoff teams? Yeah. I don't know. You know, the defense is very young and talented, but even them, you know, how do you rebuild um, that defense? Which, and they're going to lose know, Last year was terrible. They're probably going to lose crap. They may not. <laughs> we don't know. I still contend that, I don't know that he's going to – Kaepernick's going to have a huge market. That's true. Uh, I think he played pretty well at the end of the season, but with all the controversy around him. And yeah. Then, so he hasn't played great football the last few years. Um, I just don't know. He might want to you know, try to see if they'll, they'll give him another opportunity in, in San Fran because it seemed like the team did rally around him later in the season. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I just – you know – the good thing about it for John is I think if he does this and it doesn't work, he's still to have other opportunities. Yeah. Maybe somebody else will hire him to, to be a GM again, or maybe he'll go back into broadcasting. Yeah. But I just think that for the 49ers, they took a very – at a time where, you know, normally you think they would, you know, be trying to go for somebody's sake. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other thing with the 49ers that, like, I, like, worry about the most, not worry, but it's not the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, but, you know, I mean, like, with the 49ers, you have, a, you have Jed, you don't fire the owner, York, in charge of the whole thing, and that's always kind of the, I mean, to me, that's the wild card in this whole thing. I mean, not even, even more so than Lynch's experience or Shanahan's experience or whatever, but, like, you've got this owner that's kind of notorious for not creating... Um, what would, how would we say healthy work environments? Right. And it like, a, that just adds to the chaos. Yeah. You know, again, you know, you feel like I hope this works out for John, but at the same time, you know, this is a classic Jed York move. <laughs> yeah. You know, he could have went out and probably high, he could have went out and got a guy like Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Perhaps. And let him do, you know, take over more of the football 
since it's obvious that Jed York doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is fine. Your your job, it's not like your job growing up was to be a football player. Yeah. You, you, you know, you come from a nice family. Y'all have owned the 49ers for a while. This is probably not really what you were trained for yeah. in school. But you need to realize that and find somebody who who knows what they're doing holistically with a team, you know, knows what a good team looks like, knows what kind of traits they have, knows, knows what you need to, to put in place. You know, even something just as simple as like schedules and uh, 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 practice schedules and stuff like that, weight room. Yeah. Jed York doesn't know what he's doing, and then he hires, you know, guys who, you know, you're going to have a first-time head coach and a first-time GM, and the GM hasn't even, like, been in the front office of any team, yeah. you know, ever. He hasn't, you know, been a coach, just only basically been in the booth since he was playing football. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 it makes perfect sense when you think about who did it, but you just, you know, you wonder, you go through all the scenarios trying to figure out how can this possibly work out? Because let's say that John Lynch is just a natural edit, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow he's just a natural editor, and so is Kyle Shanahan. One way or another, Jed York could probably still find a way to fuck it up. <laughs> yep. So, you know, and then you ask yourself, well, who really is to blame? Yeah. At the end of the day, you might think it's John Lynch, but maybe he's pushing to get certain players, and, and Jed York is like, nah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really need that guy. It's not like, you know, Lynch could come out and say, well, this owner who gave me – you know, a, a job as a GM straight out of the booth mm-hmm. is screwing me. Yeah. Well, he you, can't you, really you gotta, complain. You always got to have the guy that signs the checks, you know? it's Right. You got to, you got to, <laughs> you know, put on a happy face and act like everything's okay. <laughs> That's so, right. But, but another thing with that, with John coming from the booth, every time something gets asleep, who you think they're going to look at? Yeah. Yeah. So... Man, it's just—it's going to be interesting. It—it's it, very interesting. What? Listen, I promise you this: when I first saw the tweet, I, I saw it from um, what's his name, Rap Sheet. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm looking at the tweet. I had to check and make sure it was a verified account. Like I, I just knew it was Uncle Chap, you know, get, fucking with us again. It was no fake. Like I said, like the only thing I tweeted about the whole situation is. I retweeted the announcement from from Ramsey and was like, what? Like, what is this? What? 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 Because what? you know, it's been a few days now, but I'm still trying to process how not only how this came about, but how it's going to possibly work out. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out. I mean, collectively, we yeah. all find out together. Yes. <laughs> It'll it'll be a subplot of the season, and they'll get their first pick. Just, I mean, he's got to come right out of the gate and do free agency in the draft. So, I mean, right away, spotlights on him. Yeah, they need help. Are they going to spend money? Are they going to throw money at the problem? Yeah, is he going to bring in you know top you know level guys, or will he try to get like the second wave of free agency? And you know, there's going to be added pressure on him because everybody's going to question the move. How could you not? Who can really seriously look you straight in the face right now and promise you that he's going to be a good GM? Yeah. Not a fucking soul. Not even John Lynch himself. He can tell you he's going to do it the best that he possibly can, 
But, you know, like the song says, sometimes the best ain't good enough. So, uh, you know, listen, he's got to hit the ground running. He's got to figure all this stuff out. While he's trying to do the job, he's got to figure out how to do the job. Yeah. And it just seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's it's an uphill battle, I think, to say the least. You know what I mean? Yep. It'll be, uh, I don't know, that's going to be, because, you know, free agency, I mean, all that stuff gets going pretty quick. You have a little time to catch up on your sleep after the Super Bowl, and then, man, it's all takes off again before you know it. And uh, I, I guess the good news, the silver lining in this is, like, if maybe this means that they, someday, Jimmy Haslam is probably going to be listening to this podcast, even and is going to hire us to run the Browns. Might as well. Shit. I mean, how hard could it be, right? <laughs> right. Look, we can't do any first. I'll put it that way. I mean, I'm not going to draft Trent Richardson in the first round. Come on. Fucking right. <laughs> Speaking of the Browns, we have a number of former Browns playing in the Super Bowl this week, surprisingly enough. Uh, mostly for the Patriots, but there's, there's kind of some interesting connections to the um, Browns, Patriots, and Falcons. And I think the one that is, comes to everybody's mind is that whole, you know, going back to Bill Belichick telling his friend Thomas, because Dimitrov comes from that Patriots tree of management. And pick mm-hmm. Dimitrov, the GM for the Falcons. And, right. like, that famous one that keeps coming up is that, you know, Bill Belichick, because it was in that book, War Room, tell him, don't trade up for Julio. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> and that's why New England has a different, you know, New England has their own approach to wide receivers. And that's fine. It seems to work okay for them. But uh, I think the Falcons are probably glad that they got Julio there. I don't think they're good with that. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> and hey, man, listen. People make mistakes all the time. There's, there's no shortage of people who have, you know, thought a guy wasn't going to be very good. Right now, I'm catching hell from my Joy Bosa uh, breakdown earlier this spring. <laughs> hey, shit happens, you know. So uh, you can't just totally indict the, the 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 Patriots for their approach, right? But at the same time, so many people try to make it seem like Belichick is infallible. This is just another instance where you say. Yeah, well, in that situation, he would have fucked up. Yeah. He's human like the rest of us. He makes mistakes like the rest of us. And so, you know, you don't always have to do or go about it the same way that Belichick does. Yeah. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And uh, what works for the Patriots doesn't always work for another team. So with that, because I'm dying to talk about this because I know I've – in all fairness, I've read your preview here. It's going to go up on the website tomorrow. I've read it, getting the gifts and all that stuff set up for it now. But, like, I am dying to get you to talk about this game plan this, that, you, that you wrote about here for the Falcons. And why – I mean, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but, well, I guess it's on the internet, so it's not – Yeah, like I mean, so. they are, like <laughs> – We're on record. So. Right. <laughs> So here's so, the thing. Why'd you pick the Falcons? Tell me about this. Well, the thing of it is, is that um, all throughout the season, I, I, I kind of felt this way towards the end of the season and the playoffs. And it's just that they have so many fucking weapons 
on offense in, in, in Atlanta. And, you know, you think about teams that have weapons, and most of the time you'll say they might have a tight end, uh, a running back or two, and maybe one dominant wide receiver. And, and, you know, that's not so much different from what Atlanta has, except for they, they don't really have a dominant tight end, but they have two pretty good ones, I would say. But, you know, the, th- the difference is when you get past those guys, then you still have a, a, a Taylor Gabriel who can be a playmaker, a little, mm-hmm. little, you know, real fast guy, speed guy. You still have uh, <clears throat> a Justin Hardy who can make plays for you as well. And you still have a Tevin Coleman who is basically like, you know, he, he's an X factor. Yeah. You know, you can line him up wide and, and beat people deep. You can put him in the backfield and he's a home run threat from there. And so, you know, it's, it's once you get past your triplets, you know, famously the Cowboys talked about their triplets all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, but when you think about the Cowboys, they went pe- past their triplets as well. You know, Alvin Harper was always good to make a good, you know, catch deep. Yeah. Won a game or something like that. And then you had, you know, uh, 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 backup running backs and stuff like that who also contributed. Uh, the fullback, um, those guys also helped to make their team that much more hard to defend. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, their fullback, Pat DeMarco, love this guy. Who even uses a fullback anymore, right? <laughs> But, you know, the thing of it is, like, when I watch film week to week, sometimes it's hard to catch trends. Like, you'll see a team and be impressed with them for that week. Yeah. But you're not really looking holistically and saying, well, what have they done the last three weeks? Yeah. Or what did they do, you know, three weeks before that? So when I go back and watch this film, you know, four or five games in a row of that offense, and not always, you know, good performances either, um, you get to see kind of, you know, what kind of style they have. And I was actually surprised by how much Matt Ryan is under the center. When you talk about, we used to always talk about pro style uh, uh, offenses and and Mm -hmm. why guys who came out of like the spread quarterbacks who came out of the spread in college couldn't, couldn't produce in college because quote unquote, now you're going to a pro style offense. Then all of a sudden the pro style changed to shotgun all the time. Maybe not Mm -hmm. spread, but all of a sudden the quarterbacks in the shotgun all the time. Well, the Falcons have kind of bucked their trend a little bit. You see Matt Ryan under the center a lot. And mm-hmm. they can run the football now that, you know, you talked about those Browns guys being on both teams. Alex Mack has been a huge pickup for them. Has really yeah. solidified their offense, offensive line. So now they can really run the football with Devontae Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman on early down. But you, you got to stay honest now because it could be a run. It could be play action. It could be some kind of trick play. And, it doesn't matter if you double cover uh, 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 Julio Jones. Yeah. You know, like I said, uh, Justin Hardy or, 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 or Tevin, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Tevin Coleman, uh, 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 Taylor Gabriel yeah. is up the scene while you, everybody's looking at, at, at uh, Julio Jones. And so, you know, sometimes it's funny. It's like I, I always talk about how sometimes Kyle Shanahan is very frustrating because, you know, he's, he tends to get a little cute in the red zone sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you know, all of a sudden he's doing a trick player or some kind of, you know, some trying to trick him instead of just going ahead <laughs> and, and, and overpowering them. And, and the thing with it is this team has so much talent. You don't have to trick anybody. Yeah. You know, some teams, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan came from like the Rams for a little while or somewhere like that. Maybe it was uh, 
Washington, some teams you're going to have an offense where you have to use trick play. Yeah. Like the Rams always got to do some trick play stuff because they never have just a strong across the board uh, uh, offense. But when you have as many weapons, legitimate weapons as the Falcons do, you don't have to do that. And for the most part, it's only on those rare occasions. They don't. They just look. They will five yard you here, three yard you there, all the way down the field. Yeah. They'll what, what you give them. Or they can take a shot when they want to, too. There, there's literally nothing this offense can't do. And so we think about uh, the Patriots and how much they score points. Well, they were third in the NFL in scoring. The Falcons were number one. Yeah. Over, over 33 points a game. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. And that's the thing about it. Like, I think, it's again, it goes back to the Falcons not having any flamboyant players, plus just not having that kind of championship history. We don't really believe in the Falcons. Yeah. Right? I bet you if you ask people, just ask them quick, who has the higher score on offense this year? Most people will pick the Patriots. Yeah. Because you assume the Brady and the Patriots and, and Grunk was there for the most part, most of the time. Those guys score a lot of points. You don't realize how many more points. Like, I think they were third with like 27 or so points. Yeah. Right? Just think about that, though. In the NFL – Usually the difference is like percentage point or, or, or decimal point or something, you know, okay, this guy's scoring, this team's scoring 27.2, that team's scoring 27.5. Well, you're third in the league and you're averaging like 27 points a game and that sounds great, but the number one team is averaging 33? Yeah. That's it's, almost the, I mean, I think it's the most since like the Marshall Falk Rams. Probably so. But that, basically, they're averaging more than a touchdown. Well, not more than a touchdown, almost a touchdown, more than you a game. Yeah. And then you go back and you look at common opponents, right? Because most of us think of, you know, the Patriots had like the number one scoring uh, defense this year. Mm-hmm. So most of us think of that, well, you know, they got Belichick. Uh, he's a defensive genius. Da 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 da. The Falcons' defense is suspect. Yeah. You look at the common opponents. And the the points allowed is very close. The Patriots allowed the Seahawks to score more. I think they might have allowed five the, points more. I've got you. I've got it open right here. Yeah, the Seattle twenty six against Atlanta and New England thirty one, or against right. New England thirty one. Right. And it kind of goes on like that. There are five common opponents. I think only one team maybe, or maybe two scored more against Atlanta, but it still wasn't much more. And then you look at some of these scores where, uh, um, you know, the Falcons gave up a lot of points. Well, they might have held a team to 10 points in the first three quarters, and then that team is down big, and all of a sudden they have this big rally at the end of the game Mm -hmm. that comes up short. So you see all these games that had like four or five games where, you know, literally teams (laughs) were scoring 10 points or less in in the – first three quarters and they would end up with 28 points yeah that kind of skewed everything but that didn't necessarily mean the defense sucked yeah. look at what they did the first three quarters look at what they did for the first half against the red hot green bay packers with you know aaron Rodgers playing out of his mind yeah. you look up 24 nothing at halftime and, and you're, you're marveling at the 24 from atlanta but you might not even you know wait a minute Wait a minute. These Packers didn't score any points in the first half? Yeah. All right. So, and it's not like they're the 85 Bears. 
I wouldn't make the you know the case that they're a dominant defense, but they are definitely a defense that can help you win a championship when you have an offense as potent as theirs. Yeah. Well, I looked at you know the things that the offenses like to do, the th- the things the defenses like to do, and I just think that this is one of those situations where you know these the style matchup here favors Atlanta. I think you know just to be honest with you, talent wise from top to bottom. Atlanta is probably the better team. But even if they weren't, it's just the styles, these two styles against each other, I think favors Atlanta. Yeah. Because, you know, we talked about, I think it was last week, how Belichick likes to tailor his game plan against each opponent, right? And he's usually going to try to take your 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 biggest threat away. But the, who, you, you can't really do that with Atlanta. They've got so many ways on offense that they can beat you, mm-hmm. right? And if you look, at, and the offense is scoring points against good defenses too. While the the Patriots defense beat up on some tomato cans to kind of get that. <laughs> yeah. and I point that out too. I, you know, I'm just being honest with you. You know, I, I'm not going to be that impressed by you. You know, shutting down the Rams or, or the Forty Niners this year. <laughs> <laughs> so you got one offense that scores against what kind of defense you put in front of. They blew the doors off of the Panthers early when we thought the we still thought the Panthers were doing, you know, pretty good. They blew the doors off the the, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. All these teams scoring thirty plus points on, they actually have pretty good defenses. Yeah, not not you know the I, I haven't seen you know, real defense, do a great number on them. I've seen the, 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 the Falcons only score like 14 points against the Eagles. But that was just such a shitty game. Like, they were making so many mistakes. Yeah. It, I wouldn't phrase it as that, you know, the, the Eagles came out there and took it to them. They just <laughs> totally, you know, fucked up their game. So, you know, when I'm looking at this and, and I'm saying to myself, look, how are – the Patriots supposed to stop um, the Falcons. I think maybe they can, you know, keep Julio to under 100 yards receiving. Yeah. Maybe they keep Devonta Freeman from less than 100 yards rushing. But then what you're going to do about Tevin Cole? Who's going to check him when he motions out to the slot? Yeah. What are you going to do about Taylor Gabriel? What are you going to do about all these other guys? Uh, Toy Lolo. The, the, uh, the other Damn tight end, Austin Hooper. What are you going to do when these other guys get involved? Uh, Patrick D'Amico, the, the, the fullback, yeah. who's a viable uh, receiving option and, and will, you know, knock the shit out of you when he's, he's – they run a lot of fullback leads. Yeah. And they're going to be running at the edges. And those guys are fast. Yeah. And it's looking like, okay, well, let's think about how you even could stop all these guys. Because <laughs> evidently, it ain't easy. Ain't very many teams did it all season. How's that changed? Their, like, no, go ahead, go ahead. And then when I look at the the the, the Patriots offense, look, it's one thing about the Patriots offense. The one thing you can get at them if you can get to Tom Brady because he's he's just not very mobile. Yeah, right. He's usually going to be right there in the pocket for you. Yeah. What Atlanta have a lot of team speed. And I, you know, the left guard also is a weak link, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I can see more ways for the Falcons to be successful on defense against 
the Patriots offense than I can for the Patriots defense to be successful, successful against Atlanta's offense. Yeah. And that's what it finally came to for me. That was kind of like my gut instinct anyway. Yeah. But then when I looked at the film, the film even gave me more confidence that unless something goes crazy, yeah. you know, maybe um, Matt Ryan gets hurt or some big injury like that. Yeah. If these come out of this game and both of them are still healthy, I think it's a blowout. Yeah. I, I don't think it's close. I think the Falcons jump out to a big lead early and run away with it. It's definitely something, you know, I think that's the one outcome people are sleeping on. It's interesting to sit and, and the line so close and the Patriots favored in this. And I guess maybe just people are giving them the benefit of the doubt for the experience factor. But it's, uh, I, I think people are going to be surprised. Now, remember, I picked Atlanta right, right away last week, right? Mm-hmm. Right after that, I sent you a note asking you. <laughs> Yes. How long do we have before we could change that pick? Because picking against the Patriots in the Super Bowl just makes you nervous. Yeah. Look back at their history, maybe it shouldn't, right? They've lost in the Super Bowl before. Yeah. To teams that we didn't really think could hang with them. So it can happen. And again, I went into like the weekend. Looking for a reason to change my pick, basically. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, look, man, I picked against the Patriots for like two weeks in a row. And they won both of those games. I was like, maybe I'm not showing them enough respect. And, and maybe I wasn't against those particular opponents. Like, they, they all had flaws, right? We knew that the Steelers had flaws. And then Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. That's, that's one of those injuries you can't recover from during a game. So, um, you know... Maybe I did or didn't show them enough respect then, but I want to make sure that I went back and looked because I do like that. I like Tom Brady. I, I love the way they run their offense to begin with, right? You know, just they always have ways for guys to be open pretty much on any given play. They don't just stick to this route combination or that one. They give guys options. If you see this kind of coverage, do this. And they expect the wide receiver and the quarterback to be on the same page. Yeah. So I respect the thought of that. But you don't have grunt anymore. He's on our love Martellius Bennett, but you know, since he doesn't have another guy that can command the same kind of respect, now they can show Bennett a little bit more attention. And then, you know, like I said, they got that team speed on defense anyway in Atlanta. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think they're gonna give up very many big plays regardless. They're gonna have to grind it out every single drive. And when you have to grind it out every single drive, Man, it's hard to do. It's hard to score that way. Yeah. It's hard to even get field goal position when you don't get any shot play. Yeah. And I just don't see them getting very many shot plays this this in the Super Bowl. Is there any like I mean, is there like if the Patriots can do this, how do they pull it off? Like what's their best hope for this? I think if if they win this game, LeGarrette Blunt will be named the Super Bowl MVP. Maybe Whoa. the most Practically Super Bowl MVP ever. But <laughs> yeah. I think if they win it is if they just start off the game, run the ball, and they never stop. Yeah. Because the one thing, you know, I talked about how I see 
shades of what we used to do with the Bucks back when I was playing, when I watched the Seahawks play defense mm-hmm. and how hard they go and how fast they run to the ball and stuff like that. And I said, I'm starting to see that with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, one of our Achilles heels were, was we were a lighter, faster defense. So if you ran the football at us, we might have some trouble. Yeah. Now, I didn't play this game, but um, in 1999, we went to the NFC Championship game and really made one of the better defensive years ever that people don't really even acknowledge. That same year, at the end of the season, we went out to Oakland and got the hell beat out of us because John Gruden, who was still there at the time, decided they was going to line up and run power over at us with, like, you know, I think it might have been, like, Tyrone Wheeler. I can't remember which running back they had. They had a big running back back then. They just ran power over at us all game long. (laughs) And literally, they had something like close to 300 yards rushing. I bullshit you now. You can look it up. They're saying that 1999, at the end of the year, man, that was just a miserable situation. And so if the Patriots line up and say, fuck it, we're just going to run the ball every play, they can wear the Falcons down over time. And, you know, maybe it'll also slow down the pace of the game enough where the Falcons' ability to score fast or slow won't really come into play. You know, it won't really become the shootout that they end up falling behind and then getting too far behind to catch up from. Yeah. It'll just end up being really close in the fourth quarter. And if it's really close in the fourth quarter, well, then you might have shades of, Matt Ryan just fumbling the football to Alden Smith a few years back uh, when they were in the NFC Championship game mm. and start getting a little nervous if you're a Falcons fan. Mm-hmm. Because to this day, I, I don't think we talk about it enough. Literally, there was no fucking... Like he just said, here, I don't want to win. <laughs> I, just, I don't want this ball. You, had this ball. you look like you deserve this ball more than me. I don't understand play at all. I watched it every way I could watch it. And he just has to be the most unlucky person on earth. For the ball, not just for him, not just to lose the ball, but basically he shoveled it right to Alvin, uh, uh, Alden Smith. Yeah. And I think that might have been the only way that Alden Smith comes up with that fumble. <laughs> and it changed the whole game. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. got the 49ers to the Super Bowl that year. So Falcons fans who may... Be like, yeah, Steve is picking us for the Super Bowl. If it's close late in the fourth quarter, all bets are off. <laughs> Don't be mad at me if the guy chokes again. I think he's going to make it so that he doesn't even have an opportunity to choke at the end. But if he does, he might just take up that opportunity and do it again. You never know. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be held. I, I, feel for, I feel for Falcons fans if it comes to that. Listen, you there ain't know enough I mean, tums in the world to get you through that fourth quarter. Bo Money would kill so many people online if that, because <laughs> he's been trying to warn them. He's been trying to warn them, and he makes a strong case why you just can't trust Atlanta. <laughs> and I don't know that I trust them. I just think they're better. But if it gets late in the fourth quarter, I'm sure Bo Money is going to be looking up some D'Angelo on YouTube to start sending out to people. How does it feel? Just get ready for that. If the, if the Falcons give up a lead in the game and lose. Look, I, if you're a Falcon fan, you probably almost want to get blown out. More than just lose at the end like that, right? But <laughs> yep. And send D'Angelo to you. I promise you that. So don't look at me. I'm warning you right now. If it's late in the fourth quarter, just go do something else. Get ready for work the next day. You're a teacher. Get your game. You know, y'all got uh, lesson plans to get ready. 
you know, you're a business person, get ready to set up for tomorrow. Don't watch the rest of that game. <laughs> if it's five minutes left to go and it's close, that's all I'm telling. <laughs> it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> oh man I just all the crying Jordans all the crying Jordans are going to be on the timeline if that happens I'm not even prepared for that and then it's going to look it's way deeper than that this year too you know it's way deeper than that too you know I I just don't want to see that I'm I'm going to be honest with you I don't want to see certain people joyous over this no, 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 not at all. Me, you know, the Patriots take this L. But if I thought they was going to win, I'd pick them. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd pick them. But yeah. I just I don't think they're going to win. Yeah, it's just not, yeah, it's it's just not, it's just, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you there. I, you know, and yeah. I think, too, that, like, with the Falcons thing, it's like, I, I got to give a shout-out to Dan Quinn. I mean, like, he does some of that, like, you know, like all coaches, you have to do that when you're a coach. I get it. You know, some of the, the sloganeering kind of stuff, like, you know, bringing the Navy SEALs to practice, that whole thing. But, like, <laughs> it's – I mean, like, the Navy SEALs, besides, like, elite special forces, are also, like, our nation's most elite, like, you know, motivational speakers as well, I've noticed. But probably for another time. Um, don't at me on Twitter for that, please. Um, <laughs> but, like, he does some of that. But, like, you know, he gets it done. I mean, this was an 8-8 eight eight team last year. And, you know, here they are, like, you know, a very a smart pick to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's a hell of a turnaround. And, like, you know, and I know people, like, well, look at who do they have on – like, you know, we talked about with the defense here today. Not a lot, you know, it's not a lot of household names on that group, and it's not the most experienced defense in the world, but by God, they're getting it done, and they, you know, they look like they're, you know, they look like they're committed to whatever that coach is telling them, and they execute, and they get things done on the field, and, like, that's a credit to me to the coaching turnaround there. Yeah. Um, Look, I I mentioned this in the article if you think it's as easy as just hiring a Seahawks defensive coach <laughs> turn you into the Seahawks, I just have you look over to your left over the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> because Bradley had five years and came close to looking like the Seahawks on defense. They, they were a little bit better this year, but even then it, it took them five years just to get to mediocre yeah. in Jacksonville. And l- let's make no mistake about this. Once again, not saying that this is the, the, the 85 Bears reborn, but this defense is light years better than it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, they still have a few holes here and there. A guy I think is going to step up and have a big game is Dwight Freeney, though. Yeah. On that defense. I think the old head on that young defense really might be the guy who, who ends up coming through for them. You know, he, he's – this is probably his last chance for a ring. He's going to have two weeks to really get himself ready. He knows the game. He knows how to scout, you know, yeah. the offensive linemen and what works against them. And he's going to be on turf. Yeah. In great conditions in Houston. Yeah. Everything is set up for Dwight Freeney, Dwight Freeney to have an outsized impact on this game. Yeah. And so, you know, while you're looking for guys – players to watch for this game. Don't forget, though, he only had three sacks during the regular season. But 
give me if you right now ask me for one pass rusher in one game, a guy that's you know, you know, let's say he's over five or six years in the league. Ain't too many guys I'm gonna pick before Dwight Freeman for one game. I just need him to win, you know, that game. Yeah. And he's got a couple weeks to really get healthy. He just knows how to rush, man. He just knows how to pass rush. And they're going to four-man rush a whole lot. They won't be. Yeah. Let me knock on wood. I don't think they're going to get that same bad weed as they had up there in Pittsburgh where they were trying to do three-man or two-man rushes and yeah. stupid shit like that. They're going to rush four. And Dwight Freeney, man, just watch. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's one game. All right? <laughs> you go see the wizard. Make sure you got the freshest leg <laughs> you ever had. Ain't no drug testing after the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not accusing nobody of nothing. Ain't going to be no P-test after the Super Bowl, though. <laughs> just understand. Expect to see the freshest, the white friend you, you've seen in a long time. And, you know, uh, I don't think that they have a bad uh, left tackle. I, I actually think he's a very good left tackle. Um, 77, I'm trying to look up his name right fast. Is that Ken- Cannon? Uh, no, no, uh, it's Holder, Nate, Nate mm, Shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, he does have some things that he struggles with. One of the things he struggles with is if you power rush him and you come right off and, and you speed rush. Yeah. That happens to be one of the rushes that Franny likes to do quite a bit. Yeah. And then if you get him bailing out, guess what? Spin move might work. Guess who has a pretty good spin move? Dwight, Dwight Freeney. Freeney. And again, and again, because this is very important. You're dealing with a Tom Brady who's not very mobile. He never has been, but of course, he, he's probably the least mobile he's been ever mm-hmm. this year. So he's going to be right there in the pocket to get got. And, you know, they get the ball out fast a lot, but if they get down, He's going to have to, you know, hold the ball a little bit longer, trying to let some of the deeper routes develop. Yeah. And I'm telling you, now, if they, if, to be honest with you, if uh, Adrian Claiborne was playing, I would bet house money that he would beat that left guard all game long when it comes to pass rush. That yeah. left guard, to me, he's a guy who, every time I was watching film, seemed like he was the one who was getting beat, you know, if they gave up pressure. Yeah. And they don't really have a guy like that. Grady Jarrett. Uh, um, is a very good nose tackle. He's playing a little bit more three technique now lately. Yeah. But I, I don't really see him as like a dominant pass rusher per se. He's just a guy that gets after it. Yeah. So he might have that same kind of game. But, um, yeah, that's another guy who I feel like if there's a weak link on that offensive line, left guard. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, his name is Joe Thunny. It's like I don't know if I pronounced it right. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you're asking the wrong person for pronunciation. That's like my <laughs> Achilles heel. So, <laughs> but well, and I, I was just I, I was just thinking about like the Steelers. Are you remember the Steelers just kind of beat the hell out of Tom Brady in that game this season in the playoffs this year? I, mean, I know the play the Patriots won, but it wasn't really like. I mean, they kind of had to eke it out. It wasn't like a a, a walkthrough or anything for them. Remember the the, the Texans. The Texans, that's who I was talking about. On his ass. Yeah. All game. 
and they brought pressure. Yeah. And Clowney had a big game again. Yeah. And he had a terrible game. Right? Yeah. And we don't want to talk. We don't again. Look, Tom Brady might be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Right? Yeah. But just like with Peyton, people pointed out a lot more with Peyton. But Tom Brady gets away with having bad games yeah. every, every now and then. And if you look back at that game, that Houston game, just looked at his stats, you'll wonder how the hell Houston lost that game. No, I mean, he looked like a 39-year-old quarterback that game. And, and it wasn't like he was throwing interceptions late. He was, like, they were making plays. That was the only reason why the Houston had a chance at all. Yeah. And then for as long as they did until they kind, of, they kind of pulled away, the Patriots kind of pulled away at the end. Yeah, man, that defense is on his ass, and you know now that now we all knew that the Texans defense was good coming to that game. Everybody might not know that, regardless of the scoring defense, that the Falcons defense is pretty good as well. Yeah, you know they're disciplined, they're young, they're fast. They got uh, you know a couple of young guys who are really going to be good, um, especially the linebacker core. Uh, I talked about them. Brian Poole is a guy. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you remember, like, early in the season, I was talking about a guy who caught my eye. And it was Brian Poole. And I thought I was wrong at the time because they had him listed as, like, a cornerback. And I thought he was, like, a safety or something. He was blitzing and all kind of shit. Well, he's kind of like a guy, maybe like Rondé Barber, my old teammate. Yeah. A guy who could do a lot of different things with. And, you know, he came through and blasted Aaron Rodgers uh, in the NFC Championship game. And I really think that hit affect the Rodgers for a while. Yeah. And so if you get that same kind of hit on Brady, man, they're going to be cooking with fish grease. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to – look, the, the Patriots are going to move the ball. They're going to get yards. Really, this is going to be more like an arena football league game. Yeah. You're not going to worry about, you know, that they score. You're going to matter how many stops can we get. Okay, they score at that time. Maybe if we just get – Three drives where we stopped them from scoring anything. That might be enough. It really might. Yeah. You know, if you can force them to a field goal on the other drive, it might only take three drives of making them punt to win this game with the way the Falcons are on offense. Yeah. Whew. It ought, it ought to be a doozy, man. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I can't wait. I mean, I, like I, this, like not, like these playoffs have not been – you know, you go back to the the Packers-Cowboys game. That was obviously, you know, that sort of nail-biter type game. But it's not really been, like, the most – like, if this – like, if this postseason was somebody's, like, first introduction to the NFL, I'd tell them, like, I'd get, they'd have to take a mulligan and come back next year. Yeah, I swear it'll get better. You have to try again. <laughs> and look, we, we all thought the Steelers-Patriots game was going to be more like that. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt and it changed the whole complexion of the game. Yeah, and uh, and it also they were doing three man and two man rush too, yeah. so you know they didn't really <laughs> want to win anyway. But yeah, you're right. All the rest of the games are pretty much you know the 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 Houston game we talked about with the Patriots was a good game, but it was a lot of defense in that game. And yeah, they had Osweiler on one side. You're not going to want to tune no. into that shit, you know. And so uh, really, it's only been um, that Steelers game against. Kansas City. Yeah. It came out to, you know, a holding call on the two-point play. Yeah. And that and um, Dallas Packers game. Yeah. And we, we For that matter, we thought Packers-Falcons was yeah. going to be this shootout. They was going to go point for point. Yeah. Then, quote-unquote, bad Falcons defense 
Nothing. Blanked shut him. Out the first half. Blanked him in the first half. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. And genius nope. too, because they like took apart all those little things that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does so well. Like they obviously knew what they were doing going into that game, and I think now that they've had two weeks to prepare for the Patriots, not well, a bad good, thing. What well, the good thing about their offense, the Patriots' offense is, it don't change much. No, you know it, it probably will again. You know they're going to throw in wrinkles, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, especially for the Falcons. But they've run the same basic system for a long time now. So none of this is going to be all that, you know, eye-opening for the Falcons, or at least it shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side of that is the Falcons don't do a whole lot. No. You know, they're, they're much like the Seahawks. They play, you know, base a lot, some under, mostly cover three, and, and a little bit of man here and there. They'll, now they'll mix it up with some two-man every now and then too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not going to fool themselves like either. They're going to play basic base defense yeah. against everything that the Patriots line up against, and they're going to figure a way to, to, to match up with it from there. So, they, you know, they, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. So, you know, I, I think to me that this makes it so much easier to, you know, you know, for them to win that matchup when they're not trying to do something different for this game. Yeah. Um, they're still, like I said, they're still going to move the ball. The Patriots' offense is good enough that you know people are going to be open. Yeah, right. I don't by any means expect them to get shut out. Yeah, I just think they will. There'll be enough times where they get stopped and have to punt just enough for them to get outscored by Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, that's kind of that's you know I, I think that's the this Super Bowl to me feels like the payoff for. Oh, not, you know, not, you know, not, not the most thrilling season. Yeah. But then we'll get to the game and somebody get blown out. I just hope it's the case. But if it's not, but yeah, all this build up and then somebody gets blown out, it's going to be like, so right. I do too, because like I said at the beginning of the show, I work with a sizable contingent of Atlanta folks. So I like that Monday morning is going to be hell if the Falcons get their asses handed to them. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be so much better if that happens than if they lose a heartbreaker. Oh, then. God. Oh, God. Yeah, man. That's woo. <laughs> not going to be good. I still get Seahawks like anytime. They like, can't even mention Malcolm Butler, like even not in the context of that interception. In the Super Bowl, like you, I still get Seahawks fans in my timeline barking about that. Yeah, look, you know what? <laughs> Facebook today, my memory came up. It was a comment about like what the like, you know that every like every day when you sign on the Facebook, they give you a memory. My memory from a year ago is like, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> well, not well a couple years ago after that game, it was like. Why don't they get a ball to Marshawn? That didn't make any damn sense. Nothing about it. If, even if they, even if it wouldn't have been an interception, it was a stupid ass play. Oh, and I'm still salty about it, so I can't even imagine. What What was the name of that? Like, like just the general name of that play? That wasn't. A, is that a fade? Pick. No, they, they did like a uh, like a. It was supposed to be like a pick play. Yeah. <laughs> right. God. So it's supposed to be a pick play. But um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody jammed the shit out of the guy that was supposed to be doing the pick. 
Yeah. So he executed the pick. He couldn't get to um, Butler. Butler saw what it was, and he just jumped on him. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's so great because that play comes up again and again. And who was it that used – somebody used that and scored on the Seahawks this year. Yeah, I remember that early in the season. You know what? The, the irony of that play was it was the, the defensive back from the Seahawks that went to, uh, went to New England that year. Can't remember his name. He was the one that got all those penalties Maxwell. last year. No, no, no not Maxwell. The uh, one that got all those penalties last year for uh, New Orleans. Yes. Uh, B. Last name. name starts with a B. Bolden. But anyway, it, it was yeah. him damned up the receiver that wouldn't let him get up there and, and do the pick play. Yeah. So, you know, I remember that now, too. But I just, you know, that's one of those plays you're just never going to forget. <laughs> and I just hope the fans don't end up with the same kind of play come, Monday, come Sunday night. So. Um. I'm pulling for the Falcons, I, you know. Regardless of picks, I'm just telling you, I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm, look, I done told you this game is deeper than the game. I'm pulling for Atlanta for obvious reasons. Yeah. So I'm going to be sad as hell if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a good game nonetheless. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And it's Wednesday, so we got a few more days to go, but we'll, we're going to get there and we'll. Uh, We'll debrief when it's through. Yep, might as well. That's right. Hopefully, we'll be, hopefully we'll be talking about uh, John Lewis on the Super Bowl Super Bowl parade float. I can't <laughs> wait! I can't wait for that. <laughs> That's just going to be awesome. I mean, yeah, I just I hope I hope the city's not burning as I've been told right. it is at the time. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, <laughs> it shatters. I might have to go see for myself all this carnage. <laughs> the the American carnage. Right. I might have to actually drive these six hours up there and check out this carnage. They win this game. <laughs> Look like at the blue flame. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be great. <laughs> Steven, good show. Um, Let's, like I say, let's catch up again next week and uh, recap this game and see. We can talk about just how brilliant and spot on our predictions were. Right. You know, pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's take our, let's just go ahead, pencil in that victory laugh. There you go. <laughs> Monday. 